Welcome to Whore Pod, all my sacred whores. See, in ancient Egypt, in ancient Sumeria, in Greece, there was the idea of the sacred prostitute, the one who gave love from the gods. Men would come to the temple and pay use money as an energy exchange for the divine feminine. They would pay to have sex with the sacred whore. And in the act of sex, they would use the body of the feminine as a portal to the gods. The feminine was revered, was worshipped. To worship the feminine was to worship the gods. To worship the gods was to cleanse the masculinity, was to cleanse the body, was to restore the divine. See, the masculine was celebrated when going to the temple to have divine sex with the sacred whore. See, the sacred whore was not a bad thing like today. The whore was the priestess and she was worshipped. Her portal, her womb space was a representation of the gods. She represented the mother. She represented the maiden. And she represented the wisdom of the feminine. Now is the time that we worship the gods through the act of sex, the holiness in our temples. See, our bodies are altars. And today, mine's been on fire. Sometimes we have to go inside ourselves and pull out the fires from previous timelines and duct tape those fires and hope they become art. Horopod is me trying to make my fires into art. And today... I'm going to ask you guys to come, come with me.
When I was 11, I remember sitting in a parking lot outside of a bar, bored and anxious, waiting for my mom to come out. We were often left in this parking lot, my brother and I. She would go into the bar and lock the doors of the Bronco, the Bronco, the vehicle she was driving. And sometimes she would leave a blanket in the back seat so that me and my brother could cuddle up and fall asleep if it was cold outside. I never fell asleep. I always watched out the window and counted and sang songs waiting for her to come out. But on this particular day, my brother wasn't there for some reason. And it was summer. I was wearing shorts and a tank top. I remember my mom was walked out of this bar and a bunch of men were holding on to her or maybe holding her up from each side of her. She was only wearing shorts that were not buttoned up and a bra and they were pulling at her and she saw me and locked eyes with me and when she locked eyes with me she pushed away from the men and came towards me and grabbed my tank top and when she grabbed my tank top she tied it into a knot And put it between my chest, my nipples. I didn't really have boobs yet, but she put it in between so that my belly would be showing and that my shirt would be lower. And she told me I needed to learn to make something of myself. Then she whispered, don't ever be a stripper. And I had no idea what the fuck she meant. In one moment, I was encouraged to show more of my body. And then in the very next breath, I was told not to gain anything from it. I was watching her come out of that bar. And even only being 11, I realized my mother was conducting business. I remember just feeling annoyed with her and feeling like, There were too many men around her holding her arm and that I wanted to help her with her business. And the truth is, I don't know that she was actually conducting business. Like I was 11 and not being fed and like being left in the car with my disabled brother. But I knew she was getting naked on top of bars in front of men. I don't know how much money she was making from it or not. And I don't know who she would go home with or not. But I remember thinking that I needed to help her get more organized and be more responsible in this. And I also remember feeling confused. I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble for showing my body or if it was encouraged. And I feel like so many humans, beings, magical people have this internal conflict of not knowing, do we show our body and capitalize on a sexual energy 
we have? Or do we hide it and deny it for something more sacred within ourselves? And that internal conflict still eats at me sometimes today. The way we uplift sexuality and then tear down the beings who step into their feminine energy. I first started feeling sexualized in my body when I was like eight, I think. I have consciousness around it. I know I was being abused since I was really little. But when I was eight, I remember that I started to feel dirty, like physically dirty. I felt like my body was um, a to-go box full of food that people just kept taking from, that men just kept coming up and opening the lid and taking out of me. And I could feel power being siphoned through my body. At first, I was confused why so many people were sexually abusing me, taking from me. But then there was this sort of light bulb moment. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh shit, that was my guides. That was my higher self whispering the truth. And what the truth whispered was, they were taking from me. They were taking power from me. They wouldn't come and just take it. They wouldn't lie or hide or steal or violate me if there wasn't some sort of power to get. Now, this isn't justifying shit. And this isn't excusing anything. This is how I understood my own fucking power. See, men would come in my room at night when I was sleeping and touch me. Even if I did nothing, they would just take and take. So I understood then that there was something worth taking. That there was something in me worth something. See, when people try to take your power, they diminish your power. Be mindful of those who diminish you or put you down because it's an easy way to start taking the power. They told me I was ugly when they would molest me. I'll never forget one of the molesters told me I looked better in the dark and that he could only come in the dark because that's the only time I looked good. They called me a slut. They called me nasty. And I felt fucking nasty. And the more they would tell me how nasty I am, the harder it would be for me to shower, to take care of myself. See, I didn't have parents who were like bathing me and combing my hair at night. I was just left in this dirty temple that no one told me was a temple. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced sexual trauma or witnessed someone experiencing sexual trauma, but I've noticed um, there's like this generalization and archetype with teenagers who've been 
raped. And oftentimes when a teenager has been raped, as a result of the rape, they become extremely promiscuous. Then get shamed from it in our culture, in our society about acting promiscuous or acting slutty. And the way I see it is those teenagers who get raped and then start acting quote unquote slutty, they are flipping the script. They are stepping into their power. They realize that someone came in and ripped some of their power out of them. But that also made them realize they had fucking power and they're trying to rewrite the story. And how dare we judge people who are rewriting their story or who are owning their story or stepping into their power. And there are masculine energies who react this way after being sexually abused and there are feminine energies. It affects us all in our community when children are having their power ripped away, when teenagers are having their power ripped away. And then we put this darkness on them, this shame, this guilt for them saying, okay, someone abused me and now identify as a sexual object and I am this sexual object. And then we tell them they can't be. And for me, I had to be. I had to step in my sexuality so fully to realize its power. Something about being raped told me I was powerful and that the abusers were trying to suck the power because they felt powerless at one point in their journey. The root of this is us not worshiping or being worshiped. The root of this is the powerlessness in our people, in the beings, the magical beings, not able to tap into their own magic and then siphoning it from each other. And this is not an excuse or, an, or a justification, but it's an acclamation for us to go deeper in to the love and to the worship of our own temples, our own bodies, our own sexuality. As the world is burning, we must step in to the wounds that are our gifts. I felt really confused about my power as a sexual person. So I didn't totally become... I went back and forth of becoming promiscuous and becoming super prude. I thought there was holiness and divinity in being prude. And I feel like that's what so many religions teach us, especially teach the feminine energies, is that to be prude is to be closer to God. And as I get older, I realize... What is God? God is creation, in my opinion. God is the universe, in my opinion. And God is a reflection of this temple, of me. God is a reflection of the collective. And to me, it only makes sense 
that what the ancient Egyptians practiced, the act of worshiping the sacred whore, is the act of reviving the God within us all. It's the act of reviving life, a new life for us all. We demonize the idea of the slut. We demonize the idea of the whore. And by demonizing these ideas is to demonize the feminine, the feminine within all genders. See, the feminine is creation energy, creativity, emotion, flow. In order to be tapped into manifesting, you have to be tapped into flow. To be able to manifest a new world, we have to be tapped into the creators. We are. The matrix pins feminine energy against each other to diminish the feminine energy in us all. To be tapped into the feminine energy is to be tapped into creative flow. There were a lot of times when I was really scared to be a girl. Just like I bounced back and forth between being hypersexual and prude, I bounced back and forth between pretending to be a boy and not getting dressed and feeling really dirty and just wearing big t-shirts. I remember one time I was sitting outside on the porch and my dad came up to me and he just looked at me and I think I was around 10 and he was like, I'm sorry for not liking you. And I was like, what? (laughs) You don't like me? And he just said it like really calm and even kind of in a kind voice. And he was like, no, I don't really like you because you represent your mom. I hate her. And you sound like her and you look like her. And I want you to start being more like your cousins. Your cousins play soccer. Your cousin, we'll call her Amanda, is very uh, feminine and likable and sweet. And you know, Lacey, you're not that likable or sweet. I'm just concerned about how you look. I think it would help you in life if you tried to be more like your cousin Amanda. I just said okay. And I remember going up to my room then and feeling rage. I went and hid in a closet and I didn't know what to do with my rage so I just found scissors in the closet and started cutting up all the dresses I could find. After I'd cut them, I just started ripping them into pieces. And we were poor as fuck, so I got in a lot of trouble for ripping up clothes. And I loved dresses before, but I I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to wear dresses anymore, unless they were all black. And I wasn't going to wear pink or red or yellow or these stupid fucking colors they kept trying to put me in. I remember we had like a family reunion. 
after that. And I still have this picture of me in this weird black dress. And I looked like I was going to a funeral and everyone else was like in flowers and skirts and bullshit to try to look good for each other. And I remember my great grandma came up and said, you would look prettier in these other ones. But I'll respect you either way. And something about that whole situation made me so angry. And I still feel anger in my body today about it. It wasn't like safe for me to be a girl. And then they would get mad at me if I wasn't representing being a girl. It felt like being pretty was dangerous. It w- being pretty wasn't fun. It was scary to me. I did find safety in my own ugliness. And I felt like the dirtier I was, the baggier clothes I was wearing, the less I would be abused. But I was really immature. And I didn't realize that abuse has nothing to do with how someone looks. Sexual abuse has nothing to do with someone's gender. Sexual abuse has to do with siphoning power. So no matter how I painted my body on the outside, I still had my motherfucking power that was being stolen from me for people who didn't do their own healing or from people who weren't able to do their own healing in life. And I spend every day of my life now resurrecting the power that was stolen from me as a child. There's this idea of this like American spirit of not dwelling on the past, not being a victim, not blaming your parents, not thinking your parents are bad. And I just want to say like, fuck all of that. All of that is a distraction for you not to do your own healing. For us to be able to heal ourselves, we have to be able to unpack our traumas. The reason abuse is cyclical is because our parents were shamed out of unpacking their trauma. Our parents didn't want to make their parents look bad. The reason we don't heal is because we're guilted and shamed into believing that our trauma isn't valid, that our pain isn't valid. And now I realize I come from pretty extreme trauma. And in our culture as Americans, and even I feel like globally, is a huge comparison issue we're facing right now. We're constantly comparing ourselves to each other. And when I do healing sessions with people, what I hear a lot is like, well, I didn't have trauma as bad as you, Lacey, or I didn't have trauma as bad as my sister, so like my trauma's not real. Unpack it. All I can say is to heal, we must unpack. To heal, we must go and befriend 
the child on every timeline that we've existed up to this point. And if your 11-year-old self is feeling alone or feeling isolated or feeling sexualized, we don't have to blame anyone. We don't have to analyze whether that pain that 11-year-old is experiencing was as bad as the pain of your next-door neighbor. No. What we have to do is understand that that 11-year-old is in pain. And then we have to go hold that 11-year-old's hand. We have to go hug that 11-year-old and we have to step in as protectors for them. We're walking around as traumatized children triggering each other constantly right now. And then we have unconscious sex with each other. And then we have unconscious relationships with each other. And then we recreate the abuse we've experienced. And as the election's coming up and as this pandemic energy continues to go on, I wonder if, if even for a moment, we can step inside ourselves and feel and touch the pain that we have been shamed out of feeling. The only way we will heal is to feel all of it. It's hard for me to admit that I've been trying to be a boy part of my life. Because I don't relate to it in a way I see other people relate to it, like as far as their sexual identity or just their experience. And I don't ever want to take up space in that arena. There's so much I appreciate about the divine feminine and about being a witch. But the truth is I've overcompensated in my own sexuality, in my own divine feminine, to hide from the fact that For most of my life, it felt really scary to have any connection with the divine feminine. It felt really scary to be checked out, to be touched. I hate the feeling of getting hit on. Like, I I like it more now that I've stepped into my, like, sexual power. But, like, most of my 20s, I spent avoiding being hit on, avoiding sleeping with random people. I'm lucky that I had dudes to have sex with in my 20s who were good friends to me. Because if it weren't for that, I think I would have just spent it hiding. I also had sex with girls, but that didn't resonate as much for me. And part of my own healing has been stepping in and being like, I am a woman. I am feminine. I am connected to the mother. Because... To heal, and everyone's healing looks different. For some people, it's going to be that they need to step more into the masculine, or for some people, it's going to be that they need to step more into both. But for me, it's been to honor this like mother archetype, this feminine archetype. I used to hate the fact that I had boobs because everyone was mean to me about it. I remember being in the eighth grade and I was on a basketball team. And I was so excited to play basketball because I had never actually got to play a sport. And I was pretty like fast, even though I was short. I was fast and I loved defense. But we would have to take 
showers together. I was just like the only one with big boobs in the eighth grade in that class. And so girls would take toilet paper and throw it at me in the locker room. And they would like scream at me and try to pull my sports bra off to see if my boobs were real. A lot of like the boys in eighth grade would like ask me out and like talk about me. And I was this like center of attention for my boobs and for being feminine and sexual I hated it until I was like, okay, no, this is fucking mine. This is mine. Like I said, I kind of go back and forth on owning that power and hiding that power. Owning the sexuality, running from the sexuality. And throughout middle school and high school, I would bounce back and forth from those identities. And I think up till like two or three years ago, I wouldn't even show cleavage. Because I just like know once I show cleavage, it becomes more of the focus. Um, but then the last three years, I've like hypersexualized my own body as ritual of stepping into that power. So if you like see my Instagram, my boobs are out a lot or cleavage is out. And that's me just being like, okay, Lacey, it's safe to be feminine. Right now, you're stepping into your feminine power. You're stepping into the idea of womanhood, of motherhood, of feminine energy. Every day we have a choice of what we're stepping into. And in every moment, our yes can become a no. So today I could be really into showing my feminine sexual energy. And then tomorrow I might run from it and hide again. To be a prude is fucking okay if that is what is healing us in the moment. To be hypersexual is okay if that is bringing healing to us in the moment. And how dare we look down on anyone for what they're experiencing in their own temple. Our body is our altar. Our body is our truth. And our body is constantly evolving. Whether you are the prude or the slut right now or somewhere in between, whether you're cradling your own body and keeping it safe within yourself or you're spreading your legs open wide, I hope that each of us can tap in to the divinity of creation within our sexual power whether we are holding it for our own or spreading it for the collective. I hope each of us can honor the sacred whore within us all.
want to eat me? Grab a fucking fork. I got pork chops under the left rib, sushi under the right. My head's tipped back, legs spread open wide. Strawberry shortcake in the center. Lick me dry. You take a piece of me and you take a piece of me and you take a piece of me until I'm so spread thin you can't even see the fat anymore. Lick the skin. Sweet with the aftertaste of sour. You want my power? Great. Grab a straw. Stick it between the lips and suck slow. There's rum and coke at the bottom of my throat. Take a toke of the air I breathe. These toes have touched glaciers in southeast Alaska. These toes have cultured, danced with the Fonte tribe in Ghana. These toes have squeezed themselves into platform stiletto heels on the world-famous strip club floor, Shotgun Willies. These toes have had blood drip on them from the mother screaming as the baby entered the portal into this life. These toes Make for a great late-night snack for any man who wants to escape. Take me with you in a large to-go box. And when you've had enough, you can just roll me up and toss me in the wastebasket. I'm just here to make you feel, feel full. You want to eat me? Skip the fork? And swallow me whole. Thank you for listening to Horror Pod, friends. If you want to book a reading with me, go to LaceyFree.com and you can book a superpower reading or a sex magic reading or a holographic healing session. If you liked this episode of Horror Pod, please like, subscribe, and leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Lacey is free, or you can hit me up at LaceyFree.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Mwah!